Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Thanks for joining wherever you are around Australia, around the world. If you want to listen to uh, two of uh, some mad, passionate golf guys chat about golf and the week that was in golf and the week that's coming up and our own weeks in golf, or you'll listen to Mike and I talk for the next, uh, yeah, maybe 30 minutes, 40 minutes. It might even go for an hour and 40 minutes. Who knows what's going to come out? Join us as we chat golf, love of golf. Here's Mike Caridi. Magic Mike Caridi, welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast. Really do appreciate you joining us once again. It's uh, it's always a pleasure every time I hit the send on the Zoom and you know your acceptance of the Zoom meeting comes through. That means you still want to talk about golf and a lot of golf, of, uh, a lot of golf to talk about from last week. Um, how was your week in golf personally last week, Mike? I had a very very light week in golf last week. I watched a bit of golf, mm-hmm. but. Um no, I played, I think I had nine holes of golf post the Pro-Am the week before. I had nine holes. Very, very late organized a, uh, an emergency nine, we'll call it, on, um, might have been Sunday afternoon when it was nice and sunny. That was what, it. What's an emergency nine? Emergency nine just I had to get out there. It was an emergency. It was it needed to get outside and get some fresh air. Are you the sort of uh, golfer that, you know, if they don't get their golf fixed, they start to get twitchy and edgy and, like, will pace around the house and start doing, um, you know, swings in the mirror and, you know. Oh, no. Until you, until your <laughs> I part, probably should. <laughs> until your partner says, go on, get out, go, go nah. and play golf. No? No, Elisa's very good. She she doesn't do that at all. But, no, I am I certainly struggled through COVID not, not having that outlet of, I think everyone did, just not. Being, being locked inside but just not being out in the um on the golf course no i think that it certainly does help my mental state i think that it's just uh, i had a busy busy week and i was just tired and saturday i went to the gym and i don't often play golf if i've been to the gym so no i, I do appreciate it, especially this time of year you got to make the most of it so uh i had a sydney trip last week i got a sydney trip this week so it had to be done it's interesting because i had this very conversation today uh it's the drum and golf uh, franchise of the year week, which means that all the franchisees from drum and golf come in from around the country. Uh, a few days, one day of conference, or two and a half, one and a half days of conferencing, uh, an awards night, and uh, a game of golf. And um, the game of golf this year was at Royal Melbourne. Last year was at Peninsula Kingswood. Uh, we were promised to go back to Royal Melbourne this year because when we were there two or three years ago, um, pre-post-COVID, one of those two rounds, um, it got rained off. So we found ourselves back at Royal Melbourne, which is, I know, tough, but uh, it's, a, it's yeah. a treat. It's a treat. It's not always at uh, somewhere like that. But someone asked me, oh, you've been playing a lot of golf for us. And everyone, all my colleagues think that I play like every second day because, you know, they see pictures or they see a video and they always see me in and around a golf course, which is fantastic. I'm not complaining about that. But it's very rarely playing uh, golf and very rarely playing golf for like score, like, you know, GA mm. type, you know, regular Saturday golf. Yeah. So that doesn't really happen. And someone asked me this morning, oh, how are you playing? Are you playing much? And I said, ah. Oh, played and I had to sort of stop and think about it. and I only played like two times this month yeah and uh and I was surprised but for, for me I just feel like I'm always if I'm always doing work stuff I'm always at a golf course and yeah. maybe it's by osmosis I just think I'm doing golf like yesterday I had uh 
I had the privilege. Yes, it is a privilege, um, and I've had the privilege before. Uh, it's an interesting privilege to hang out with Brett Ogle for five hours in a golf cart while he uh, has his duty as Drummond Golf's longest-serving ambassador to go around and talk to each group. And my role there was to take photos. So I'm now the photo and video guy, so I don't get to play golf. I just get to do photos and videos. And I had to stage manage Brett Ogle, and that was a handful. That was a task. <laughs> um, if you've ever you know, listened to Brett, and you know he's quite funny, uh, um, he's very direct with his humour. It's, it's a certain type of humour that he has, and uh, most of the drum and golf fraternity like it. Um, so I had to stage managing so I could get the right photo and get him to say the right things and not say the wrong things. And yep. he was mic'd up the whole time, and he just kept talking and talking. It's like, don't say that. Don't swear. You can't swear. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> that was that was my golf yesterday. I was sitting in the cart with Brett Ogle. Um, how, how many day, Honest answer. Yeah. Yes. Right. How many days a week would you? How many times a week would you hit golf balls, even if it's just the range or chipping or Once. not counting, not counting in the shop? Well, I don't hit. Well, I don't hit golf balls in the shop. I might hit like if I see a wedge uh, that I want to hit like a 54 degree and I've been, you know, the last chip that I hit was thinned, which is usually mm. every chip that I hit is usually thinned. Um, I might just pick a wedge up as I'm turning the simulator on. I might just knock a few wedges into the, into the screen and just try and get a feel, but no, I never hit, hit balls in the shop. Um, yep. some of the staff do, they come in early. Some of the staff might stay back late if there's a sim open and not booked out in big swing golf. Um, they might do that, but no, we try not to make a habit. You know, it's quite, very easy for staff to start peeling off um, yeah. new drivers at two o'clock in the afternoon. There's a shop full of customers and people go, what's he doing? <laughs> you try to avoid that. Um, yeah, that's fair enough. But so no, not week. that often. Once a week. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's most, most. That's more than most. Yeah. I mean, that's not, I mean, I would probably, this time of year, I'd probably hit on a normal week when I'm not traveling for work, I'd probably try and hit golf balls once or twice a week, but then come winter. I wouldn't do that. Uh, what about the listeners? What about uh, everyone out there? What are you? What are your routines with uh, golf? Are you range once a week, playing once a week? Are you chipping and putting in the backyard? Do you have like a sort of day? Another billionaire with his own backyard golf course, seven greens, seven tees, five greens, or something like that. Um, are you doing that? Uh, yeah. No. Um. It's uh. It's something I'd like to do a little bit more of. To be honest, I'd like to play some more golf. But Mike, you know, you've seen it. Don't need a warm up. Don't need to hit balls. Just stand up there in the first tee and peel one right down the middle. I'm trying to think of our first hole from the pro am. Yep, actually, you hit one. You hit one ob. No, the first. What was the hole where I was? The par five, around the bend. Oh, what was the one where I picked this beautiful little toe draw that was just like second? That was second hole. That oh, was perfect. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah, okay, sorry. I said hit it there, roughly there, oh, and yeah. it gave you about a three meter gap, and you split it. Yeah, which okay. perfect. No worries. Um, anyway, moving on from my <laughs> driving prowess. Um. Someone hit a drive in the long drive yesterday, and it was like legitimately uh, Rod Loeffler from uh, Drum and Golf Fish Week. And it was, was Jeremy Cameron. It was Jeremy Cameron Long. Yeah, right. It was unbelievable. Uh, Royal Melbourne in great condition. You know, I've, one thing I talk about, uh, one thing I've done a lot of is taking a few people to Peninsula Kingswood. You know, it's the international cohort, want to go and see it and play it, all stuff that everyone that's listening already knows. But I get to take a few people, which is great. Always talk about the other courses I played. They're always going to Royal Melbourne, East and West. Um, so it was good to see it firsthand. You know, I was pleasantly surprised how premium it was. You know, it's had a couple of – they've done some work on the fairways and greens and all that sort of thing, everyone, stuff that, you know, everyone knows about. But it was it was beautiful. Popped the drone up at the end of the day, took a couple of pictures, made some videos for the uh, conference tomorrow. Yeah, there you go. I've got the drum and golf um, – uniform on mic for the podcast not that it will be probably make it to youtube but there you go big swing golf on this side drummer golf on this side i think it might be the first time that i've ever worn my work uniform on a podcast there you go um 
Uh, this week, Mike, we had uh, we said it's been busy. Mm. I think <laughs> last Friday, Thursday. When did it drop? Thursday. When did full swing drop? Ooh, uh, yeah. We had a sneak peek on the Super Bowl Monday, our time, um, episode one, and then all uh, the other seven dropped about seven o'clock on the Wednesday night. They dropped, yeah. So it's been a busy week for anyone who was going to watch it. Did you get to watch many of them? What, I'm up them? to, yes, I, I watched most. I got most of the way through Mito Pereira. And who was on with Mito? Uh, was it Fitzy? No, Fitzy no. was with um, um, DJ. Mito was with, I can't remember. Oh, was it Joel? No. I can't remember. Um, I got to that episode. Clearly, I didn't watch it all. So I got to Mito yep. Pereira and sort of had to leave it there. So I believe I've got Mito. Oh, Tony, was it Tony Finau? Yes. Yeah, so I watched the Tony Fino bits and I sort of tuned tune off. I just seemed to be the way that I was watching. I watched Tony Fino yeah. bits and then I didn't get the Mito Pereira bits. Uh, so I've got that one to finish and uh, Rory, I think that's the... Rory, yeah, the finale, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. What did you think? What did you think? Tell me. What did you think? It's really interesting in when I was... I So I listened to it and in the car I had it sort of obviously not in appropriate view. I just listened to the audio wise. And and then I watched it on the TV on Saturday. I binged those first six or seven, six episodes. And I really enjoyed it. And I was surprised because I wasn't expecting to enjoy it. I sort of, whether I tuned myself into going, this is going to be a sham, it's going to be a beat up, you know, they're not going to do a good enough job and all the stuff that you'd heard from the sneak peeks around the joint. Um I, th- I think I, I think in the main I enjoyed it. Was it perfect? No. Uh, was there a couple of weaker episodes than stronger episodes? Yes. But I think in the main, you know, let's hope, assume that this is the first crack. You know, that this is going to be, I guess, every TV show that Netflix makes has to be successful to to get a second and third, you know, run. In the main, they always do. So let's assume that there is going to be a second generation. I think. I think they've got some stuff to work on, but I, th- I, th- I think, I think it was pretty good. Yeah. I thought. No, I agree. I thought I enjoyed it. I thought it was enjoyable. Um, I really want my wife to watch it with me because I'll happily watch it just for a second time, and she hasn't agreed to that as yet. Um, what I do think you, there's a few episodes you, she'd enjoy. What do you want when Elisa watches it? What are you expecting her to to, to get from it? Because I, I I think the show is is written for someone that sits between Elisa and I, right? So I'm the hardcore fanatic golfer. Mm. She knows enough about golf that when Pebble Beach is on, she knows it's Pebble Beach because she has to listen to me, you know, rabbit on about different golf courses around the world. So she knows just enough to be dangerous. And I think watching the show, she probably would even know, she'd know who Tony Fino is and she'd know who Justin Thomas is. And I think that I'd really like to see how she appreciates. I mean, she knows what a par and a bogey is, and I know they talk a bit about that for the absolute novices of the game to, as a part of the show. But I'd really like to get an understanding of what she thinks of it because she's going to have a very different viewing experience to what I have. Mm. Um, and I think that that. And again, we should have prefaced all of this by saying, if you don't, if you haven't listened to or watched it, yeah, tune off. Yeah, turn off and come back. Um, I think the episodes like Brooks is, is going to be an interesting episode for her because I think that she'll get out of it what I got out of it around just his mental challenges and, you know, he's battling with his game. But also I think she'll be fascinated by the house that they live in and, <laughs> and how much money they earn. But she did watch about – she was in the room when I was watching – it might have been 
episode one and it flashed up, you know, what Justin Thomas won for the PGA and like two, two, three million dollars. And she went, three million dollars? And I'm like, yeah, don't you wish I was better at golf? It's like, that was probably the one thing that she took out of it. But I think she'd like a few of the storylines and stuff. So I don't know. I'd be I'd be interested to see whether, how she felt about it. And then most importantly, would she watch it again next year? Mm. Because that's, the, the, is there anything that's, driving her to watch more golf after watching that or follow up where Joel Damon finished the week after. And I think that's that's where the, the show has to take golf. And if it doesn't, it hasn't worked. But look, there's so many threads that this discussion can take. You know, is, at its purported, is that full swing golf show going to be a vehicle that are going to, that's going to drive more people to watching the PGA Tour? Um, it might get them to flick on once or twice, but I, I just don't think... Maybe in a not couple even, of years. Maybe in a couple of years. Yeah, not even PGA Tour. Is it gonna? Is it going to get them remotely interested in hitting a golf ball? Like, would, would we? I mean, we're already seeing a massive resurgence in the game. Is it going to add to that? Like, is is it going to be any interest to go and have a crack themselves? Or the next time I'm sitting down on a Saturday morning and watching a bit of golf, is she going to sit down and not complain about me putting a maths rerun on? I, I don't know. Yeah. So I think drive to survive, you know, obviously that's the the model of success for this type of show, yeah. which it astounds me. You know, I've, I'm not a mad Formula One nut, but through being in automotive and, you know, 12 years with Mercedes-Benz, you have to have some level of interest in Formula One. Yeah. It can, it's part of what you do. It's part of your work and all your work colleagues. So, you know, and I'm not going to brag here, but yeah, I've been a McLaren and I've been inside the whole facility where all of those cars are built. I stood next yeah. to Lewis Hamilton's car as it was got getting stripped down in the medical, like um, what they call a workshop, but it's not like, yeah. like a workshop, more like a dentist after yeah. Silverstone. And, you know, yeah, yeah, Ross, touch the engine, you know, do what you want, like no problems. Um, so I had that level of insight. And, yeah. But I, I wasn't this mad Formula One nut. I enjoyed it, enjoyed going. But I, it's interesting to see how many people have become mad Formula One nuts that I well, think have been driven by that. It, I mean, the fact, the fact that Melbourne, which is in the first week of April or around the last week of March, um, it sold out in October for the general admission passes mm. right away. Yep. So must that, that sums up how many people are going. Second year in a row, it sold out in advance. I guess, I guess to my point, you know, is... You know, I had a little bit more of insight into seeing, touching and feeling a bit of behind the scenes of, of that world a little bit, you know, like we had pit tours and we had corporates and we had tours of McLaren, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, so it was a little bit more real. Is it because Formula One is so unobtainium for the majority of people that gets this massive interest into what it's like behind the scenes because, you know, it is a very closed off world. You know, you cannot get into those pits there unless you are very special at a Formula One event. Yeah. Um, is it because it's so unobtainium, you know, and is golf a little bit different? You know, golf is, yeah. it's PGA Tour is unobtainium, but playing golf's not unobtainium. Like you I can't think it's, you, anyone can play golf, right? Yeah. We're not going to play the, at the level they are. But I think you summed it up last week when you talked about, I think you asked about the the, the PGA Tour one or the you know, big swing or full swing. Um, the first episode, is it as, you know, I can't remember how you described it, but basically saying, is it as, as big and boisterous and full on as the as drive to survive? And I think I said, like, well, no, no one's driving at 300 kilometers an hour and having a chance of hitting the wall. And that's it. You know mm. what I mean? Like, you you can never drive a Formula One car. 
but you can watch these guys, life and death, great characters, and they're traveling to the greatest places on earth with all the money in the world. Um, and it's an amazing storyline. And it's probably easier to cover because you've only got, you know, 20, 18 drivers, right? And it's the same 18 drivers. PGA Tour event, yeah, okay, we can have a show where we follow maybe, they've probably got cameras on 20 guys. Um, they're actually only going to make episodes covering maybe 15 of them. But there's 130 guys every week and probably 300 to 400 that would churn through the DP World Tour, Live Golf, PGA Tour, PGA Tour of Australasia at least in an event in, a, in an event season. So it's not as easy just to get those threads and characters and mm-hmm. storylines because things just change. It's not it's, it's not like you can just follow the same, you know, 18 people. Um, so it is just, it's always going to be a little bit different. But uh, I think, I, I don't think it's going to hurt. But um, yeah, will it, will it, will it see, you know, the Australian Open next year making any difference to the ticket sales? Probably not. Mm. Back to drive, um, not drive to survive, um, uh, full swing. So, I could get past the fact that, you know, a couple of the references were very much aimed at and oriented towards someone who might not understand the le- level and depth of golf that you or I do, or, or most of the people listening to this would do. I can accept that. And it didn't, it wasn't offensive, you know, like uh, I don't have quotes written down. I didn't take notes and all that sort of thing. But, you know, like obviously the staged um, pieces of commentary like Amanda Balionis, who I actually rate really highly, I don't. I like Amanda Balionis, what she does, but you know, that didn't seem too offend, you know, too staged or too insincere no. for me. Um, uh, my mate, um, Sean Foley, you know, my check-in at the, uh, the open, uh, buddy, you know, called me mate, called me bro. Great to see you again. Um, hasn't laid eyes on me. I've never met in my life, but he acted like <laughs> he was my best mate. It was great. Um, yeah, he could probably be used uh, a lot more and a lot better. You know, some of the insights and stories I reckon that he's got, and he's a quirky sort of character. But he is. The, the, uh, the bit that I loved about him, though, was his descriptor at the bottom was Tiger Woods' former coach. Like, I think he coached Tiger for about six months. <laughs> that was great. There's a few people dining out on b- b- having associations with coaching, you know, Tiger Woods or, or there, yeah. thereabouts. But, um, yeah, that, that, that was okay. Um, I, I like the stories. I like getting to see... You know, some of the softer sides of some of the people's, you know, the, the, the Tony Fina you know, story and, yeah, and seeing his family. Story. You know, I've got a member of my own family is has a, a Samoan origin, so there's a bit of a connection there and, and to see, you know, everything that he's been through in his life and his, you know, wife and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, the Sahith, the Gala story, you know. Yeah. If you, if you, weren't, if you weren't crying when Sahith came out and embraced his dad, um, yeah. you know, are you even a golfer? Um, that sort of touched a nerve. And, and we've talked about Sahith. You know, I sat there last week. I sat there opposite him at the table watching and staring at him. I wanted to talk to him, but I knew I couldn't. Um, I watched him on the range. I've got a video there of him on the range when no one else was on the range. And I was just sitting there watching Sahith the gala. Sahith, if you want to come on the podcast, yeah, I'm not a stalker, please. I, I was the guy sitting there staring at you at lunch on Thursday um, as you were going through your notebook at the Open. Sorry. But I loved that. I loved Sahith. Um what else? What else? The Brook story was great. I thought the, you know, the first episode was probably a little bit, you know, you'd expect uh, Justin yeah. and JT sort of ish, um, but then it got deeper and more powerful after that. Yeah, I thought it was. I think yeah, it was. The, the, it was pretty superficial. The stuff there was n- not nothing groundbreaking there. But again, that's us. We know who they are. 
We know the history. I think we've all seen the photo of them eating hamburgers on the side of a grandstand 10,000 times um, growing up. So th- th- it's a really tough sell to us. Look, we, I, we love it because we'll consume it, but I think that's probably in the eight episodes there might have been half a dozen to ten things that I didn't know that came out of it, you know, like that I was like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. Um, what was the what, rest of it what, was just storyline stuff. What were the examples of some of the things that you didn't know? One of the ones, one of the ones was around the designated events or elevated event stuff, and I think the No Laying Up guys talked about it as well as one of their callouts was that Rory was sitting at the dining table post, and it was post the PJ Tour press conference, and in the press conference, I think they talked about um, Monaghan had talked about them being um, they had to play all the events they were mandatory, and Rory post that was like, no, no, no. We've never discussed that. And it was like, wow, like that's how on the fly this was. Like these guys were making promises on stuff that hadn't even been agreed to by the upper echelon of players, which I thought was pretty interesting. And the other bit that was I thought was great, like obviously Justin Thomas's dad at the end of the um of the first when he won uh, the PGA. But JT, when when Scheffler I oh, know you haven't got to that bit yet. I'll leave it. <laughs> which bit's that? No, nah, it's in the final episode. Oh, so, but, uh, JT um JT grabs Scheffler at the end. And um, has a few things to say to him, and it's like, wow! Like I wouldn't think, I don't, I wouldn't expect to see that. So it was good. It was really, really good. Um, but yeah, there, there's not too much stuff there. Like I followed, I followed. So the the podcast that I talk about a lot, the Tour Junkies. So they're good mates with Gino and Joel, and they've had them on the podcast. You know when they were playing Corn Ferry. Yeah, I loved, I so, loved that episode. I loved those guys. It was a great episode. But I remember <laughs> this is a story from the. <laughs> from the Tour Junkies podcast. I can't remember how many years ago it was, but they were playing an event and I'm sure Gino had his phone out or maybe Joel had his phone out and they texted DB from the Tour Junkies and said, we're on a par five and we can't decide whether we're going for the green. (laughs) Do we go for it or do we lay up? (laughs) This is in an event. So that just tells you what the characters are like and they haven't changed in in that many years they've they've been on the, the tour junkies podcast before um very very funny guys but um those stories are so good but again I, I know the story so there was nothing groundbreaking for me but it was just great to see it because for me it was like as many people know who Joel is they probably don't know who Gino is hmm. but Gino's a great follow on Twitter and the stories that he's told for for a long time and and the way that they interact people got to see it and I think that will only I'd be shocked if they didn't. If I'd measured how many followers they both have on Twitter the day before it came out, it's it's three times that now for sure. Yeah, I didn't. I clearly didn't know um, much about Gino at all or uh, Joel Diamond. Uh, you know, other than the the guy that ripped his shirt off at uh, the Waste Management a couple yeah. of years ago with um, Buddy Harry Higgs or whatever his name is. Yeah. And uh, but you know, he's a character, and it's just for me what I took out of that was the mindset. You know how how tough it is for him to do what he does and accept that he is one of the best golfers in the world Yeah, and uh, and he's got to go out and golf his ball and, you know, how he's felt about having to, you know, just even those little conversations that he had when, who was it, um, was it Rory, Colin and John were sitting at the table having breakfast yeah. or something like that and he rocks in and, you know, he, he sort of says, oh, you know, I've sort of earned my right to talk to these guys now and, and they want to talk to me and it's like, Dude, you know, they're just golfers just like you. They're just humans. Yeah, okay, they've won a few more tournaments and a few more zeros in their bank account. But, 100%. You know, just get on. Uh, the, the, yeah. the scene where they're in the car and Gino's talking to him quite seriously and he's like, look, I think that we've got to a point where, I, you know, I when, we, when we're when we on it, we're in an event, I'm hoping that you're, you know, trying your best at all at all times. 
And he's like serious. He's like, you know what? And you know what? That's fair that you ex- you you want that to happen. <laughs> Something like that. It's like, yeah. Do you know what? That's a pretty that's a pretty fair request. <laughs> Not going to promise he's going to do it, but yeah, that's um, funny. So clearly, I've got an episode and a half to to watch. Um, you've watched it all. Yeah, from what we have watched, you know, and assuming that they're going to roll out into another season, is it yeah. just more of the player? Pl- player, what do you, what would you do if uh, you and I were the EPs of uh, Full mm. Swing? Are we writing more player profiles and just showing how these? It must have been, you know, I'm sort of going back to the sort of the the, the season, um, the show, how they interwove the stories of two players. At the same, they must have had several different stories, and you yeah. know, relevant to when um, uh, JT won the US Open and, and and Xander didn't, and all that sort of stuff. They must have just yeah. had to be able to weave the two stories together, uh, which yeah. I thought was pretty good. Um, it was good. What would you What would you do for the next season? Do you, what do you want to see more of? Um, well, probably for me, and I don't know whether this is what they would do because again, I'm the sicko, not the new follower i'd really love to see the back end of the live world so um follow dj and show me what his life's like now that he's on the pj tour show me what he's thinking about when pj tour events are on does he even tune in does he care like does he know who's winning certain events i, I don't probably doesn't um cam smith i mean we've seen him fishing off his boat in uh, florida before but you know again maybe they've got Maybe there's you and I wandering around at the Aussie Open and, and they've got footage of us in the background and they've been following Cam down here. I'd love to see him do some Cam stuff. I think we talked about it in the in the um, Discord group. We talked a bit about who we'd like to see and one of the guys talked about um, Tom Kim and I think he's a perfect fit for the next year. A Tom Kim South Korean crew episode like they did the, um, the Mido episode this time around. Um, but yeah, I think they'll probably pick up a few of the current players that they have had and keep going with some of those storylines. Um, but yeah, I, I'd really like to see a little bit more of the live side of things. Um, and then just how it works, you know, when it comes back to, you know, ma- major, what's it like? So for the masters this year, as an example, there's all the talk about, well, what's going to happen with the champions dinner? Are they going to be able to, maybe they're going to be able to get some footage there. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so, but you never know. Um, when they do get to play at the Masters, how are they treated, how are they treated by the public, how are they treated by other players, I think that sort of stuff would be interesting. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Um, you know, not wanting to bring conflict, you know, into the world of golf, but you know, I think one of the things that um, Drive to Survivors sort of done okay is, you know, in a Formula One team, you know, they're both competing for they're a team, uh, but you've got two drivers essentially competing for the same trophy or title. Some of them are a little bit closer in skill and ability uh, than than other teams, where there's clearly a first and a second sort of ranked driver. Um, but you can see a little bit of the tension in the teams. You see a bit of the tension between the teams. Um, you know, the Toto Wolf and Christian Horners and all of that sort of thing. And, and there's a lot of fun, but there's a lot of tension there as well. Um, would you want to see a little bit more of yeah. the personalities and the rivalries and, you know, how, how there's a bit of niggle there and who doesn't talk to who and who does? Because I'm pretty confident that that sort of environment does does exist. Oh, you know, they're, they're people, they're guys that just walk past other competitors like ships in the night and don't acknowledge them and just whatever. Yeah, um, of course. Which you expect, you know, you do that when you're playing against other teams in football. Sometimes you get it together and have a beer, sometimes you don't. 
it doesn't matter. Even at your even at your golf club, at your workplace, there's people that you just don't gel with, and you're not going out of your way to have a chat or have a beer. And um, there might not be any nastiness, but when you're competing against them in something like that, it's a bit different. But I think the tough part they've got is a lot of the guys that they would be able to circulate that on. The angst isn't there, you know. Patrick Reed, DeChambeau, they've all in the live side of the world, so they don't get that. And maybe they follow those guys at a major. I don't know. Well, you wonder if they could just blow that up. You know, there's there's, yeah. pl- there's plenty of angst on either side, but just throw a few grenades out there. And well, we've got the Ryder Cup coming too, so I, I don't know how much of that they're going to be able to get. Um, mm. the leading up to the Ryder Cup, who's being selected, who's not? Someone who's on the borderline getting their knickers in and not for, not being selected. I mean, these are there's a bunch of storylines they can probably run with. Uh, I just want to quickly say on Ryder Cup, well, we'll talk about that in a sec. Um, just shout out to Sean Riley, one of the My Love Golf listeners, uh, Instagram followers, all of that sort of thing. Listens to all our podcasts. Um, Shawnee, I think he's up there in Brisbane. Uh, thanks for all your commentary and your feedback that you give us regularly. Um, he wanted to very much get our thoughts on what's next. And uh, his suggestion was, you know, I'd love to see a Ryder Cup uh, episode. I think there'd be nothing better than uh, you probably almost have to have two or a feature length. You can make a movie length Ryder Cup episode in, in full swing golf, you know, a day one, day two and day three. Uh, and then all of the in, interplay, the fa- the families, the fans, the the, the, the wives and partners – the coaches, the whole entourage, you know, like these guys have massive entourages. Mm. Like, you know, you got to see a little bit of that with Fitzmagic and, uh, you know, um, uh, what's his journalist mate's name? The journalist. Right, Daniel Rappaport. Um, you know, how they're close and hanging out together. You know, like you see a little bit of the entourage, but, you know, some of these guys have got big entourages with their own personalities and stories and all of that sort of thing. And, and yeah. the whole the whole world of, of, you know, this tournament golf, especially major tournament golf, the, the infrastructure that I, you know, once again, I'm not flogging a dead horse of, you know, how lucky I was, but I was really lucky last year at the Open and got to see, you know, I walked in, I got there day one, and I was I probably told this before, looking for a, um, a Panadol. I had a headache, a shocking headache, don't know why. Obviously didn't drink enough water. And uh, I asked them in the players' lounge, do you have any Panadol? Of course, there's all rules and regs over that sort of stuff. Don't even pa- paracetamol you can't get. And they said, well, go out to the physio tent. It's out there, turn right. And there's a physio tent down there. Go and get that. Okay, cool. And it was all jam-packed in. You get St. Andrews, there's not a lot of room at St. Andrews, of course. So there's all this stuff. And it was really weird. There wasn't an obvious way. And I walked into what I thought, oh, well, it definitely was a physio tent because there was – Four players sitting there in a state of undress getting getting rub downs. One was Xander Shoffle. He turned around and gave me this filthy look. I said, oh, excuse me, guys, any um, Panadols in here? So they sent me down to get a Panadol. And these four players just looked around at me. I'm like, you idiot, what are you doing here? You shouldn't even be in here. Um, so they pointed me in the right direction. But even little things like that behind the scenes of, you know, I don't know, just pull back the curtain so we can see what it is like. Yeah. No, definitely. That's the stuff that, I mean, again, that's great for us, but is that what the – middle of the road general public that are, they're trying to get into it are going to want to see, don't know. It's yeah. finding the balance. Yeah. I don't know. Um, in case anyone's wondering, yeah, I got a Panadol. I went to the next truck and, and I had to sign my life away. I had to sign a waiver to get a Panadol. Um, anyway, it was good. Uh, what else? Yeah, Ryder Cup. That's what I, would, I want to see all the tensions. I want to see all the rivalry, the history, you know, interview some old Ryder Cup players, talk to some Wives and girlfriends, and you know, the entre- yeah, I want to see that. I want to see if almost like a. I, I'm not. Boxer. I'm not worried about saying the history of the Ryder Cup. Okay. I, I want to see 
I want to see Ian Poulter sitting at home on his couch watching it. That's what I want to say. That that's that's going to be that's going to be a bloke giving you his honest opinion of of what's going on. He's not going to be at home watching it. He definitely won't be there. He'll be he'll be a can he be an assistant of some sort? No, zero percent chance. Zero percent chance. Yeah. So what's the status? Can can live players play in the Ryder Cup? Uh, we don't know. I know people are saying definitely not, but don't know. I mean, it's not no correlation to the PGA Tour, so who knows? But um, no, I think they've made it pretty clear that if you've accepted a a a, a check, you um, giving up the right to be captain. So I think Stenson and those guys have been made aware that's not going to happen. No assistance, no bag carriers, nothing, no role. No, no, mm. no chief chest pumper, nothing. Well, pretty much that's an episode right there. You can have all those guys having their own little Ryder Cup pity pity party and <laughs> crossing crossing over to the um, room. Liv, Liv will probably come out with their own something at the same. Oh, they probably, they wouldn't go straight up against it. They actually, who knows? I mean, when the calendar comes out, I think last year didn't they have an event straight after the Presidents Cup? Maybe they're going to have an event two weeks after the um, Ryder Cup. I'm not sure. Mm. They could well. You can see the way that they're stacking their teams. You know, they've definitely got a country bias um, towards the team structures. So, anyway, who knows? Um, okay, is that enough about uh, full swing? We so it gets a tick of approval. We enjoy that as golf entertainment. It's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Okay, definitely. Um, well, obviously, it's set up one of the biggest and best tournaments. I think out of the non-major tournaments for the year. It's pretty easy to agree that Riviera is one of the best. Um, do you disagree on that front, Mike? Um, I like watching Riv. Um, yeah, it does. It's one of those events that I find pretty easy to watch. And sorry, just before we keep moving on, uh, Ryder Cup is 29th to the 1st of October, 29th of September. Yep. And the Live Chicago is 22nd to the 25th. So live Chicago's a week before the Ryder Cup. Um, yeah, look, I, I like watching Riv. Um, it's always, you know, now that it's an elevated event, you're going to have great players there um, every time. Not that you didn't anyway. When Tiger hosts something, I think everyone's always going to turn up. Uh, I, I don't mind the course. I know there was a lot of conjecture and discussion around the 10th. We talked about it last week. We, we picked it correctly. We said that'll be the whole. Someone will have to put the earpiece in and talk through what they're going to do and and they did with Colin Morikawa on Saturday which was really good to see um but yeah I like it you know I think it's it doesn't need to be a fair hole to be a good hole I don't know I'd love to some of, see some of these PGA Tour players come out to my local goat track and see some of the lies they're going to get they yeah <laughs> get home. you know like it's a golf it's a golf hole it's the same for everyone yeah. and you know yeah, you work your way around it work it out you know like if, yeah. you, if you want to have a crack you know and, and end up in the junk well after hitting a reasonably good shot, well, so be it. Yeah. But if you want to be rewarded perfectly for every great shot, you're not playing the right sport. Well, play, <laughs> play, it doesn't work that way. Play through, yeah. Play another great shot and play two other great shots the easy way rather than, you know, the low percentage way because that's what they're yeah. trying to do. But anyway, um, and tough. But uh, Rory didn't like it either. He was, I think, he was on record saying no, he didn't didn't think his good shots were rewarded enough or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he had a bad week. I think if he won and had made two eagles on the tenth, I'm sure he would have been fine. Pretty much. Yeah. Um. But no, shockingly, John Rahm won. Yeah, used correct. to saying that. Who would ever? Who would ever have thought that John Rahm? For all the people that does anyone have John Rahm left? I think. Has everyone catched him? Star. Yeah. 
this week, one, two, three, four, five people picked John Rahm to win. Abel Yam, Sean D, Loder, who's uh, Jared up in Queen, uh, Sydney. Oh, he'd be loving it. Marketing Doc. Here he is. Here he is. Has he picked, oh, is that two winners he's picked now? Dodgy or? Doc. Dodgy Doc. He's shooting up the bloody leaderboard into second place overall. And the other one is Connors. Conrad, another oh, mate of mine, oh, and a uh, new new resident of Mount Martha, back from um, the UK, and he, I reckon, he's only put in two tips, and he's already sixth on the leaderboard, which is very frustrating. Um, so on the overall leaderboard, though, those guys had the winners this week. I didn't miss anyone, did I? No, I didn't. Sean D. Um, overall leaderboard, Sean D's up to first with four point four. So we've said, you know, you can start today. You just need to pick a couple of winners in these elevated events and you get a lot of money. He's on f- nearly four and a half million already. Doc's on second in 4.1. Tish, uh, I think Tish is in SA, I want to say, uh, 4.1 million just behind Doc. And Loda is in fourth, just under four. And Abel Yam is uh, in fifth at 3.8. Um, but yeah, God, there's a lot of people sitting over 3 million uh, all the way down to 11th. Bogies of birdies, Mitchell Lloyd, Connors, um, hoops, hyphy, still well, going pretty well from the start. Well, let's talk about. Um, you just called him Mitchell Lloyd. It's Michael Lloyd. M I C H E L. Michael. Oh, it's Michael. Michael yeah, sorry, Michael. painter. Yeah, yeah the painter. That's him. Yes, the tattooed painter. I was mixing up with Mitchell King. Yeah, we've got the uh, tattooed golfer in there and the tattooed painter. Uh, Michael Lloyd, great fella. Um, still working on those um, uh, uh, hoodies, uh, Michael. He was nowhere. Like last year's winner, he was nowhere a couple of weeks ago. And now, bang, bang, he's he's right up there back in. Yeah, he's seventh. Um. You know, We're not. You and I are not. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, actually, sorry, Nick, you're fine. You're 17th. 2.5 million. Uh, I'm 33rd in 1.9 million. And the Rocket Man is 52nd in nine, with 927. But yeah, gee, there's a lot of people up down to, we've got at least 87 people that have had tips in. And then there's a handful of people that haven't made a cent yet this year. And I still have a funny feeling. Blakey might be one of them because I think Blakey just keeps picking weird people. But anyway. <laughs> uh, well, my, my tip of Max Homer, I saved Max for this one. It, it had to get me something and it did. I uh, thought he might have yeah. got the uh, W after uh, after day after two 10. and three. Yeah, after 10. Well, uh, after 10 on Sunday yeah. when he made birdie and Ram made a very lucky bogey after um, playing it pretty poorly. I think I, I thought Max was going to go on a win, and um, yeah, he didn't quite do that. He had a good look. It was a good week. It was a good week to watch. Ram obviously can't can't lay up there. Um, Homer, uh, my boy, who I bet this week Zalatoris in fourth was very a bit disappointing because he sort of plotted all week until the final round. Keith Mitchell was up there. Sahith was firing late. Um, Jason Day another good week on a resurgence. Yeah, yeah, there was there was. It, it really was a good week and, yeah, when you're getting a lot of the big names to play, you want to see them at the pointy end Look at uh, that come Sunday. Look at that top 20 leaderboard. Yeah. It's just, it's just stars everywhere. Major, McCarthy, major, Hoagie, Power. <laughs> major champions, future major champions. Well, just so everyone knows, because I know I've had a few people ask, um, I think Ginger Ninja or somebody sent messaged in the in the Discord group, they always want to know who my mum likes. So this week, Mum's picking Seamus Power. Oh, really? Who had a really good T14 this week. Um, I don't know why she's picking him, but she just said, I think she likes the name. Um, John Rahm. John Rahm. So I posted a 
pulled out one of the pictures from the Open last year when I was mm. sort of Googling at John Rahm's absolute beastmanship um, and it, in the up very close and in the flesh on a practice range, it is exactly that. Where, what major do, you tip him f- do I keep him for? I've, I've kept him, so I'll probably be one of the only handful of people um, that have a John Rahm card still to pull. I'd, my strategy right from the start was to save John Rahm for a major. Now it's yep. getting to the, which one do I choose him for? I think the way the money works, it, it, an elevated event or the major, that's all. You, it's all you want to hold him for. I think the the prize money would be pretty similar. Maybe the players would be probably the most money. It, to be honest, I'd probably if I'm, if you wanted to pick a major, I'd probably say the Open. That'd be my my pick. Okay, John. Yeah, might have to but, um, might have know. to go. Well, he finished what T three last year or something thereabouts, something like that. Four. Um. Okay. Well, that's I've still got him and not many else. Wonder how no, many pe- how many people still have John Rahm to pick? Can you, you can't see that, can you? Uh, I think we can, but it just takes a bit of effort to try and filter it all out. Okay, you can pull up people's history. Uh, still not too late to join Teepsa as you want. It. If you want to have this sort of level of fun and you know get a little bit more engagement with uh, the people around you who also enjoy the PGA Tour, you can join the Teepsa Triumvirate. Um, that's no Quadumvirate. Four of us: Doc, mm. Mike. Rocket and Ross. That's it. That's the tapes. The crew. You can join us all, and um, you can join the Discord. It's uh, where you get access, direct access to Mike. You can twenty four seven question him about any thoughts to do with golf. If you're having you know some trouble around the greens, just ask Mike. Um, if you want to know about side saddle putting, just drop Mike a message. But you've I've got been filthy messages from one of our listeners around my side saddle putting, and, and I sent him uh, that European tour player who was side saddle putting. Who you said he wasn't, but he kind of was trying. <laughs> <laughs> it was open. It had an open stance. But had an open stance. Ah, <laughs> uh, but no, I respect your ability to defend yourself on that. Um, but yeah, no. If you want to get access to anyone, um, just in the Discord, there, it's a good way to share your thoughts and mm. uh, hear some of the thoughts on others. Um, you might have to put up with uh, one of Live Golf's leading referees, you know, being very pro Live in there. <laughs> so if you want to have an anti Live chat, you know, you can unload on Blakey. He's in there. Yep. Um, the man of the people, Scotty Carter, is in there to mediate all things uh, across all segments of golf. Um, he's in there doing that, and there's a whole heap of other great people who are just passionate about golf in there. And the data lake will be posted in there tonight, so most people, once they listen to this, well, I've already seen it, the Discord members. So I post in there uh, down to about the 50th pick, so probably nearly half the field listed in how I rate them. Um, and I also list the data for round one leader because I think some people like investing in that so I always post that as well and I might actually put some stuff in there uh, for Liv because they're playing at Maricoba this week and I've got some Maricoba data uh, Can we bet on Liv? Yep So who uh, my love of golf little betting um, tipping syndicate yeah. that's actually for yeah. money you know trying to win something here we're trying yeah. to pay for it. we're secretly trying to pay for our tickets to um the Ryder Cup because uh, Mike's putting us up in his family accommodation over there so we're trying to win. well we can't buy a ticket so we're going to need a lot more than what we've got because okay. I don't know where they're coming from <laughs> well you know, who knows uh but you can okay you can bet on uh bet on live great um what else was I going to say I was going to say that um doesn't matter it's gone I wanted to say one thing congratulations to Matt Molica uh, one of Australia's rising podcast phenomenons um, for having a hole in one at his home. A hole for, in one. Yeah, Matt Molica, Mashy Melbourne. You can get my, uh, Matt on uh, Instagram at Mashy Melbourne. Outside of Peninsula Kingswood, Ross, hmm. where's the one place you'd love to have a hole in one? 
Not in Australia. Not in Australia? No. Oh. No, I've, I've, well, Mashy Matt did one at Royal Melbourne, and I think that's a ripper. Oh, so abs- I was pick yours. Yeah. absolutely. Not a, not a bad not a bad choice. Well, I've had mine at Royal and Ancient Riverside down here in um, Ascot Vale, and um, yeah, I think I think I'd probably swap mine for his. No, holy mine's a holy mine. Uh, look, it's his home course. Well, congratulations. No holy mine's easy. Uh, it was the 13th hole at Royal Melbourne West. So if you've played at Royal Melbourne West before, it's the par three, the shorter par three as you cross the road. You go into that um, far parcel of land. It's got the 13th, 14th, 15th and 16th. 16th, arguably one of the most picturesque, beautiful par threes you see. Also one of the hardest par threes on the planet. Uh, I watched several several of the industry's finest golfers uh, play that hole yesterday. Bruce Peacock from Acoustnet was probably the best shot that I see that I saw hit like a driving iron to about eight metres away. Most people are hitting anywhere between a three wood and a three Mate, iron. Yeah, I was going to say, I've, I reckon I've hit plenty of three woods in there. Uh, but Matt Mellica had a pole in one on the 13th. No, I'd like to have one in Scotland. Um, you know, just a bit of a nod of the hat to, you know, my dear old mum, you know, long she's not with us. She would love to have me had a hole in one. Um, she... She was with us when I had my first hole in one in 1987, but she's not anymore. And anything significant like that, I'd like to do over there, you know, over in Macrahanishon. I can't remember the hole, maybe the 18th hole or something like that. There's a par three. Um, anyway, I'd love to do something like that, Mike. Uh, Australia, yeah, I'll take one anyway. Um, Jamie Glazer, another person who would take one anyway, Jamie Glazer, he would take a hole in one anywhere. And if, um, yeah, if you want to have a. Poor Jamie. I'm surprised that uh, Matt didn't tag Jamie Glazer into his hole in one because thing, every, it was the first thing I thought of when I saw it was Jamie. Every human that I know that knows Jamie has tagged. Uh, and they make sport out of tagging Jamie Glazer when they have a hole in one and asking him if he's had one. Um, there you go. He probably won't hate me. He'll probably hate me for, you know, he doesn't listen anyway. It doesn't matter. No. Nah. Um, congrats, uh, Matt, and good luck with the uh, good luck. Um, well done on the uh, Australian Golf Passport podcast. Um, you can listen to the latest episodes on Elliston. Um, it's the most unobtainable golf course in the planet outside maybe Ardfin, where, of course, you know, a rich Australian owns Elliston and a rich Australian owns Ardfin in Scotland and they're the sort of places that you might be able to get on, but you might get turned away because they're taking over the golf course and they don't give you any notice. Um, so good luck uh, getting on to Elston, but uh, there's a podcast on that. And uh, Bonnie Doon. Now, Bonnie Doon was the host of uh, last week's TPS event. TPS Sydney, yeah. TPS Sydney. Uh, didn't see too much, only uh, at the end when our boy, well, he's not our boy, I don't really know, Dave Michaluzzi, but he plays at Peninsula, he rips up the fairways, grinding um, practice pills down there, all day long, and um, it's obviously paying rewards because he is just on fire. That boy, on fire. He's he he was. It was right up for grabs between him, Daniel Gale, and Diane Lawson. Diane Lawson, um, and Dave Michaluzzi just said, "You know what? I'm going to just go and win this." And on the tenth, on ninth hole, he went eagle. And then he went birdie, 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 par, birdie, 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 birdie. That's bananas. It was ridiculous. Watch the the the. I think it was um. Who was it that was doing the commentary? Can't remember now. Um, Nico Hearn. Nico Hearn. He was he was lining up a putt on seventeen, and it was twenty feet. And they he said, look, normally he's he's a five, you know, 
he's one in five chance here, but at the moment he's probably 50-50 and he just rolled it straight. He had his he had the finger point up before it had dipped into the hole. Um yeah, he was unstoppable. He was absolutely unconscious. And yeah, ran away with it. One by four. So uh he was unbelievable. Early doors. I thought um Grace Kim was gonna win after round two. I think she shot sixty I'll look it up. I think she was like 65, 65, so 60, first two rounds, and I thought, oh, here we go. Another another one of the girls is going to go and take all the money from the boys. Grace didn't do that. Uh, I love Grace Kim. She's a great player, and she's, she'll she'll win on in America very, very soon. Um, 64, 64 she had round one, two. It's unbelievable. Um, if you aren't as familiar with Dave Michalusini's golfing prowess, because you don't follow it as much or, or you haven't seen him up until this year, you know, pop his head on to the um, winning sheets and leaderboards. You know, he was the world's number one amateur at one point in time in his career. And, you know, a good few years ago, he was tipped to do big things pretty much immediately. And, and yeah, it just took him that year to, we talked about this before, to get his feet under the bed, so to speak. Um, but those of us that know him and have seen his scorecards, you know, take the money at Peninsula Kingswood Wednesday competitions, Friday competitions or whatever other competitions, know that he can go around that north course and shoot 10 or 11 under very, very regularly. So he's he's got this understanding that he can shoot that. He knows how to do that, you know, like he's got it in his mental filing cabinet, yeah. to use a Jamie Glazier term, that he knows what shooting 10 under feels like. So for him, it's it's not out of his comfort zone. So, you know, I, I think Dave Michalusi's going to go into – massive yep. massive things like you know he'll he'll he's already you know touch wood i don't think he'll be un, he'll unassailable in the um order of merit so he's mm. dp world tour card for next year wrapped up yeah um and our and our boy will be pretty pretty close locked up now as well tom Powell another very 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 good week this week t8 yep He's a bit closer. He's a little bit more on the, you know, uh, who's behind him. Is it Dean Lawson? I think maybe behind Tom Powell. Yeah, because yeah. the guys, the other guys that are at the top there, they're not going to play again. So they're not going to. I mean, they don't need it. Minwoo Lee and Cam Smith and those guys don't need it. But I, I, I don't think he was far away from locking it up. Where the New Zealand Open is not this week, but the week after. So it's TPS uh, TPS Hunter this week. TPS Hunter Valley this week. Yeah, um, Andrew Martin is the other. Former Peninsula Kingswood member. He, he's he's pretty much locked up. That'll be interesting to see. We talked back about this, that, so this got last week. Mick, Mick Luzzi, Cam Smith, not relevant. Adam, Andrew Martin, Tom Powell Horn, Minwoo, Adam Scott, not relevant. And then Dean Lawson and then Michael Hendry. Yep. So Dean's on 418 points, we'll call it. And Tom Powell Horn's on 483. Dave Mick Luzzi's on 970 to put it into context. So he's got a good. Good um, start, so yeah, hopefully he can just hang on, which yeah. would be great to see. It'd be great to see uh, TPH uh, secure that up and see what he does with, uh, you know, an Australian card, an uh, Asian card, and a DP World Tour card. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that also would get them to a certain stage of Corn Ferry Tour finals, you know, like an advanced yeah. stage there, I think he was saying. Yeah. The the remaining events for the season, yeah, TPS Hunter this week at um, Cypress Lakes, uh, Millbrook, the week after for the NZ Open. Um, NZ PGA the week after that. Week after that's played today. New South Wales Open at Rich River up on the Murray. And then it's back into Melbourne. The National at the National, 30th of March. 
Yeah, so, uh, season yeah. ender. Uh, if you are in uh, Sydney, uh, TPS uh, Hunter Valley, uh, hosted by Jan Stevenson and Peter O'Malley, is at uh, one of my old stomping grounds at Cypress Lakes. Now it's about how far is it from Sydney? Not close, Sydney, is it? No, it's two hours north of Sydney. Oh. It's easy, easy, simple drive, just straight up the freeway. It's well worth – everyone who's in Sydney knows how easy it is to get to the Hunter Valley. It's sort of like going to the Arrow Valley for us. And I'm, it's a, no, I'm in Sydney again this week. When you said Sydney, I thought it's not, it's not – I can't just go there, can I? No. I well, if you stay overnight and drive up there two hours, it's really, it's I'm, really I'm easy. I'm staying overnight. I just don't have four hours each way. Oh, okay. Uh, two hours. Four-hour return trip. Two hours. Okay, four-hour return trip. I do that to work every day. Um, yeah, no, get up there because it's a great – it's a great track. It's an interesting track. I can't remember who the architect is. Um, it's in good condition at the moment. And it's a great place. You know, it's in on the side of a hill. It's quite hilly up and down, a couple of nice, a lot of nice holes. And it's just a beautiful surrounding. So uh, get up there to my old stomping ground. Uh, drop a couple of dollars in a cafe or a, or a you know, takeaway in Cessnock and do the local Cessnock economy um, some good. Head out there and get your wine. Have a dinner at the uh, nice restaurants and go out and watch the golf at uh, Cypress Lakes. Uh, More big names there. Obviously, Mikaluzzi's playing. Rain Gibson's back after winning um, the Corn Ferry event a couple of weeks ago. He's playing. Good. Um, he won this event two years ago. Mikaluzzi won it last. No, sorry. He won two weeks ago, and Mikaluzzi obviously won last week. Last year's winner was Aaron Pike, uh, who's also back there. Um, Elvis Smiley, Dean Lawson, Dimi Papadados. Uh, there's a lot of people there. Is Tom Powerhorn playing? I can't see him on the list. Might be taking a week off. Surely, hmm. surely he's playing. I can't see him on be? this list. Doesn't know this is a. Um, I'll tell you who this is. It's um Smart Golf Bets website. If anyone's interested in Smart Golf Bets, um Mike, based out of New Zealand, puts them up on his website, and he does um a mini data lake that shows you how the players have played at the course and how their recent form coming in looks like. And um yeah, he hasn't got um Tom Powell not there. Okay, we'll follow up on that. Um, okay, Hunter Valley. Uh, what about the usual cohort of the Australian LPGA uh, Tour um, women are playing? We got, yes. Yep. Yep. Um, trying to run my name, run, run down the list now. Kelsey Bennett, I can see. Uh, it'll be all the same ones. Same Stephanie Bunky. Um, is there, a, is there a market for my friend Brianna Gill? Now, Brianna Gill, I mentioned Brianna. She's a wonderful girl based out of Sydney. She works. She plays golf professionally. She's just racking up sort of top 20 finishes at the moment. And uh, I followed a little bit of the journey, and I've talked to Brianna at length on the range via messages. She's a great, great golfer, and it's just so good to see someone who, you know, clearly has to earn a living outside of professional golf to in order to play professional golf it sounds weird but that's a fact of a lot of the a lot of golfers not just the women golfers but certainly with the women golfers far more of those um, women have to have a profession alongside a professional golf career and um, Brianna Gill good luck this weekend I wish you all the best and I hope your top 20 finishes advance to top 10s and top 5s and maybe even a W um, you can you've certainly got the game but uh, good luck to Brianna Gill there you go that's not my tip, but I just want to give Brianna a shout out. Uh, Mike, what else do we need to go back to? So we're covering off events. I'm sort of just sort of jumped around out of no, order. Yeah, right. uh, no, I think um, Thailand. Yeah, didn't I? Didn't I? Didn't see much of the DP World Tour. Thunder Bear. Thunder Bear. Thunder Bear one. Yeah, Thunder Bear one. Um, yeah, I think it was another one of those weeks where, from what I was looking at, 
Uh, Nikolai Hoygaard was the favourite, and he was on the poor side of the draw, but still managed to finish T5. Had a very, very good week. Another player to watch um, outside of the bigger names you've heard of, Use Lawson obviously had a good week uh, in third. But um, one to watch is, I'm going to absolutely butcher this name, Jun Han Wang um, just finished, he's South Korean, just finished his um, military service. He's back and, um, yeah, he's certainly one to watch. I had a small wager on him this week and he, he did very well, finished eighth. Um, yeah, he, he'll be one to watch, especially through um, through the next few weeks once he gets some some reps under his belt. But look, it was a it's a little bit like all the other ones we've watched the last few weeks. I think it was uh, you know not many people around. Golf course looked okay, bit of water, yeah. So so. Where did you find Junhang Wang from? Uh, magic, no. You know what? I think it was from Smart Golf Bets. I think I was just looking at form. Okay. How he played the last couple of weeks and how he played that course before. And yeah, he stacked up okay. And what did you have him for? A top, like a top 10 or something? No, nah, I just having to win. It was no. only a small bet. Right. But yeah, it was, it was pretty solid odds. So um, yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's, it's another person to watch. Uh, well, I, looked, I think about 12, 18 months ago, we were talking about some random players on, on the Asian tour that were playing in Thai, uh, might have been Korea. And we were talking about a, bloke, a little bloke that looked a little bit like um, Sung Jae-im, same um, CJ um, logo on his cap. Mm. And that bloke's Tom Kim and he's now one on the PGA Tour. And yeah, he's unbelievable. So you never know. Never know where they're going to come from. Well, if they're coming from Korea and they've been out of the Korean you know, golf factories over there there's a, and they're at a level that we're starting to notice is a fair chance that they're going to be uh, developing very, very, very nicely along the journey. So it's a great place for developing golf talent, men and women. Um, unbelievable, to be honest. Uh, what else we got, Mike? Uh, we got the What do we got this week? We've got uh, Live Golf Mexico. Hmm. Live Golf Mexico, yeah. And so the, the Honda Classic. So what do you want to talk about first, the Honda Classic or Live Golf uh, Mexico? We'll, we'll just do Live quickly because I'm, to be honest, I'm not really too fast. I, I, I do, still, the only thing I'd say is I don't know how we're going to watch it. It hasn't been announced yet how it will be um, shown around the world. So in the US, if you are in the US, uh, it'll be on the CW network. And because it's an international, it's not a, a US-based event. It will be on tape delay on Saturday and Sunday only. So that's how you're going to be able to watch it. Um, if you like watching live sport uh, on delay, which maybe you don't. Um, and for the rest of the world, yeah. So they haven't announced yet. The, they they uh, will it just says, you know, keep checking into the website and we'll let you know when we know. So, <laughs> yeah, we're five days out and we don't know. And I think for Maya Cobra, nobody cares. But I'm probably a little bit concerned that come the Adelaide event, which is really not that far away. Uh, I think it's the third or fourth event that if there's a major golf event here in Australia that is not remotely televised, I, um, yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know how that's going to do anything outside of annoy people. So. Uh, all reports are that accommodation is booking fast in Adelaide. The golf courses are full. There's going to be plenty of people there. Now, whether it's a bit of hocus-pocus, as you said recently, that they keep telling everyone you're on a waiting list, uh, to get allocated tickets, so it's just a you know they're staging everyone to to release tickets, so they build up the the demand. We, you know we don't know, but um, yeah, it's crazy. It's you know just it's not surprising. You know we're this long in. We know enough about it now to to realise that 
they're not fully organised in in many aspects of putting on a worldwide class production. Um, I so, think some of it would have been this week, especially like I get I get it. There'll be people that they wanted to announce late, and um, guys like Mito Pereira and Thomas Peters that have joined Live this week. They obviously want to hold it and make the biggest bang that they can, and you know get excited because this week's an event. Because if they hadn't announced it two three weeks ago, it would have got lost in the Phoenix and and uh, Riv noise. So you have to announce it this week. I understand that. And, um, yeah, you want to do the best you can. And I've played my Cobra. It's a lovely course. Obviously, they they play it. Um, they have been playing it every year on the PGA Tour, and they won't be anymore. Um, you know, it's an interesting track. Um, it's probably pretty picturesque to watch um, right on the beach. Um, but, yeah, I don't know that we're going to watch it. So we'll wait and see how this week pans out. Uh, I did do a really rough and rough and ready uh, data lake, which we did just before we started. Uh, the guys that I'll be watching, because I won't be looking at Cam Smith or DJ because their odds will be prohibitive. Uh, Abe Hanser will be probably one of a couple of favourites as well, but he's finished in his last three starts. He's 7th, 12th and 8th at, at that course. Carlos Ortiz is probably one to keep an eye on. He's had two seconds in his last three starts, so he clearly likes it here. GMAC won it here about seven years ago, and Pat Perez has won it here about six years ago and has two other top ten. So they're guys that clearly like it here. Uh, Taylor Gooch as well, and Sergio. Sergio had seven, seventh last time he was here. So, yeah. Is Mike likely to be as windy as all get out? It's 50-50. Yeah. Um, it's right on the water, but, yeah, it, more than anything, uh, this time of year... It's gonna be. I think it should be okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's not. It's not. Not too. Won't be too hot. Um. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite season from what they normally play. I think they're obviously in their spring, and normally I think they played in autumn. So. Um. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and yeah. see. Um. With thoughts on the on the teams, the new team names, the structure of the teams. Um. I haven't had a lot of a look at it is the honest answer. I have seen a few of the team names and there is a um a few of them that I actually think are quite funny. I actually don't mind the name, the Range Goats. I think um Ripper is no good. Um but they can do what they like. Um yeah, don't know. Don't know. New teams, new play- like the new players are nobody's like let's be honest. Like I love Danny Lee, I really do, but he's Barely making a cut on the PGA Tour. He's not exactly a big big get. Thomas Peters is a, is a good player. Um, I know there was a big kerfuffle this week around him being number thirty five and not being a world ranked number thirty five and not being able to get into the Genesis. But yeah, I, I, that's clearly something that he had premeditated to tweet because he knew he was already going to live. Because to call out that it was his favourite event of the year was already a bit weird because he's a European tour player. He doesn't have a PGA Tour card. Um, he's only played it three times, one miscut, one second place, and a tied for 68th or something. So it's a pretty weird place to say that's one of my favourite events. Sorry, my favourite event. So forget the Open Championship, forget, forget everything else. That's my favourite event. Um, yeah, he, he is He is obviously a good player. Um, he's still slowly on the rise. Um but yeah, I don't Brandon Steele and all that. And like, yeah. So we've got an Australian team, we've got a South African team, we've got a yep. uh, a Spanish speaking team, yeah. Um, and then the rest are sort of American cohort team. Is it? Uh, what else have we got? 
Uh, got the um, Majestics. The, Majestics, the yeah. British guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and is the captains, do they have like a f- financial investment in the team? Is that the strategy that they've got? Yeah, I believe so. So, well, obviously, we don't know. We won't see any contracts. But, yeah, supposedly they have shares. So, the way it works is I think the Majestics, three of the four yeah. are captains. So, they have probably got equal ownership a share in it and basically if it gets to a point when that team is worth X amount of money then they'll be able to they can sell it and sell it to TaylorMade they can do yep. whatever they want and then bank a truckload more cash so so it's like a franchise know. model it's like V8 Supercars you know the V8 exactly Supercars the are franchises and yep there you go okay yeah, so they'll be able to go out and chase sponsorships and um, do whatever they want and that'll have income pouring in and they're going to want to get the best team going that they can um, yeah so good luck to them um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't. Yeah, there's there's still gaps, and I know they're working through it. And I'm honestly not an anti-live person. I just I just don't care. So um, yeah, good luck. I still think they should have a morning field reserve grade promotion yeah, promotion rele- promotion. I don't, I don't I don't hate the idea, but they're completely against playing more. Yeah. And the idea of having a shotgun starter so you don't have to be standing out there for longer. So having people out in the morning just means that people have to be out there longer. No, I have been, ha- like it's like live light, live juniors, live reserve, you know, like the, the live development grade. No, 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 yeah, yeah. But I mean the crowds. Because they want the, they're, they're doing the crowds a favour by having oh, a shotgun, shotgun start. start yeah. But yeah. you don't have to be out there as long. You can come in here and yeah, but- drink drink your Tito's vodka and get absolutely gassed and then come and watch the chain smokers on and some DJ. Mm, okay, on. but don't don't is everyone a nuffy like you and I that would just want to get there at eight o'clock in the morning, be first in, get a few, <laughs> you know, and then sit down and have lunch and you know have watch a the, sit down and watch someone hit you know pure five irons for an hour and a half. No, just me and you. And then <laughs> and then roll out of there at seven o'clock, last one out the door. Isn't everyone like that? I thought that we were. Oh, okay. That and, that's the thing. It's a different crowd, and and that's why it doesn't. And I don't mean this in the wrong way, but it just doesn't phase me. I had someone message me this week saying, "Oh, are you interested in going?" I've got some free tickets and um, they've got some accommodations easy enough to, to go. And I just said, look, to be honest, I just don't care. Like I saw Cam play this year. I saw Cam, I saw Leash play this year. DJ, I'd like to watch. The rest of the guys, I just honestly, none of them remotely interest me. I've seen seen Sergio play here in his peak. Why do I want to play him on his, you know, farewell tour? Pulta, don't care. But they're big names. I get it. They're, they're big names in the world of golf, especially for the light touch people because they look at it like, oh, you know, gee whiz, you know, Sergio would be a top 20 player in the world. It's like, no, nah, he wouldn't be top 100. You know, he wouldn't mm. be top 100. But anyway, he so, still play. yeah. No, they can all still play. Don't worry about that. It's just, are, yeah. Are we a ways away from tipping a team? Where are we gonna, Do we even bother about having a tip for a, a live tip? Oh, God, I couldn't even tell you how it works. No. <laughs> Pick a team. You can, you can tip a team if you like. Pick a team. Everyone, the, um, Bubba Watson's little boys said everyone's talking about the aces. Hmm. But um, no, no idea. Uh, okay, we'll leave that. Um, what about the Honda? Who, who are our tips for the Honda? Uh, the Honda. Yeah, Honda's, a, again, probably been screwed up. Not screwed over, I won't say it that way. But, I mean, you can't – the way it's going to work now, if you want to talk about reserve grade, you're going to have 20 elevated events, four majors, a Ryder Cup, and that's what everyone's going to watch. And then everything else is just going to be another golf tour. And you don't have to watch it if you don't want to, but it's kind of like going to be almost second division between there and the and the Corn Ferry Tour, I think. And the Corn Ferry guys will be able to come up and play some of these because, um, yeah, they just will. 
Um, Danny Lee was in the field, but he's not there anymore. I can just I just looked down and saw his name then. Um, look, it's a, it's a very very light field, so that the names that I'm going to read out aren't going to be anything spectacular. But from probably, I'll give you the top twenty: uh, Sung Jim, Matt Kuchar, Chris Kirk, Thomas Detry, Satoshi Kadira, Nick Hardy, Will Gordon, Hayden Buckley, Joseph Bramlett, uh, Eric Van Royen, Ben Taylor, Sepp Strucker, Ben Griffin, JT Poston, who's playing good. Uh, Alex Noren, Robbie Shelton, Grayson Sig, Adam Svensson, and Billy Horschel, the guys that I'm leaning towards. Sung James clearly the, the number one pick here, but I don't know that I'll have anything on him. I'll probably just have a few little, little bets on um, guys that are a little bit outside of that. So guys like Joseph, Joseph Bramlett, um, Adam Svensson, I quite like this week. Um, yeah, maybe a, maybe a Chris Kirk. Some random, some randoms, middle of the road randoms. Uh, who's taking the lead in the um, mile of golf betting uh, team this week? We had a we this have, week. We uh, had well, Doc Doc had a collect last week. He had uh, Max Homer each way, so that that's put twenty five dollars back in our kitty from a ten dollar bet. So is that's that, good. Is that the first collect? Second, rocket, second rocket, rocket collected. Rocket bet twenty dollars and won two dollars fifty, and Doc bet twenty dollars and won collect twenty five dollars. So net. Profit in is about seven dollars fifty, and outgoings is a hundred dollars. Okay, so it'll be time to top up soon. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the world of golf. Ah, uh, whatever you do, people gamble. If you would do gamble, that's um, it. Gamble responsibly. You can, exactly right, and you can hear. I mean, we're talking here. We're talking literally. We're betting twenty bucks a week between four of us, so it's five dollars in each. Um, so yeah, I don't know who rockets up this week. As he called it, the um, hatchback classic, I think, or something. He named it the the Honda. Um, not sure who he was going to go with, mm. but um, yeah, not sure. But yeah, for me, uh, one and done. No one's going to have my guy this week. I'm going to Adam Svensson. So yeah. just because, you know, why not? Here's the Svensson. Um, we've That's talked. It. We've talked about Adam Svensson in previous years. Mm. Uh, I don't want to end the podcast on a Debbie Downer, but I don't want to dismiss it as well because um, if we do have any. Uh, women listeners, you know, I, I want to just cover this off. Um, you know, the whole Tiger situation with the joke with JT. Yep. It was a bad look. It was a bad look. It was a bad, not a bad look. It was a bad joke. Um, it didn't didn't strike a chord with anyone that I've spoken to, you know, whether it was in jest. Uh, yep. And it's just anything that sort of downplays the position of a woman, of, of, of women, um, you know, you know what I'm trying to get out I here. Do, I'm not yeah. doing a great work. It's, it's not. It's just shouldn't be done. And Tiger should know better. But I, it's really interesting. He doesn't know better, and he does it again and again and again. He's the greatest thing that's ever happened to golf. We owe anyone that's yeah. in golf in the current era, professionally, make a living out of golf, owes a debt of gratitude to Tiger. But you know, he, uh, he just does silly things yeah. like that. And I, it was a bad look. I, it, look, that, that's that's okay. It was a bad look. Look, I I didn't think it was funny. Um, if he'd done it on a Saturday afternoon game with his mate, he'd be like, oh, yeah, I get it. That was funny. Um, but, yeah, for a bloke to do it when every single camera on planet Earth is pointed at him at that time was just a weird decision. And to have it there in his in his bag ready to go when it, for when it happened was just weird. Like, it was just weird. Um, but, I mean, look, I've played with plenty of – I'm sure I've played with women that when I've hit a putt short, they've asked if my, my – husband's a member as well and 
they're just not funny jokes anymore. Not not because I'm offended by it. It's just not funny. Hmm. And that's why I looked at it. I was like, I wasn't offended by it. If people are, I get it. I don't think anyone's, you know, I don't think anyone's stopped following Tiger on Instagram because of the joke. They probably no. just think he's a dickhead. But that's this, it. In, in club golf, you know, you hear it every week when you do play. I just said start the podcast playing, don't play that. But in, in club golf, you do hear that type of language uh, hmm. uh, and it's not – the time for that's finished. Um, some people call people out on it. Um, some people call people out on it and get chastised themselves for calling people out. If you call someone out for you know using, for making bad jokes in reference to you know women like that, it's not cool. And um, mm. if you call someone out and someone chastises you, you've got every right to be um, not wanting to play with those people anymore. Um, anyway, that's my take. Um, but I just didn't want to leave it with that sort of saying. Uh, didn't feel like it was very appropriate and I know a lot of people who didn't it wasn't funny and I expect more from Tiger um, and I just think he's he's grown up in a world that's been so devoid of normal behavior that it's just yeah it's probably just normal yeah. to him um no but, I think he's just I think it was just a really I just don't think he's got a sense of humor like he he doesn't have a dress let's be honest there's a there's a million things that he's lived in a bubble for a long time hmm. Uh, there's no excuse for it. I'm, not, I'm certainly not making an excuse for it. If people are offended by it, I can understand that. I just thought it was odd. Um, but yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, Mike, thanks a million for your participation again. And uh, thank you for listening, uh, everyone that's uh, stuck with us and continues to stick with us. Um, we've got some other interviews coming um up and about so keep an eye out for when we drop them it's more around the timing and the ability to just keep editing and, and pushing them all out that um but we've got some other interviews in the bank and as again um for all the people that said thanks for the interviews that we put out recently appreciate all of the feedback if you do have any questions any feedback any thoughts anything you want to hear more of or less of let us know uh, of course you can follow us um you can follow mike you can get on to the discord you can get onto twitter um you can get onto pga tour bets on twitter you can get all of this so much information we put out there uh, it's unbelievable it all comes free um mike thanks very much thanks mate we'll see you next week on the my love of golf podcast mm-hmm.